This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On the 16th of December, Kieran McKenna will reach a year in a job at Ipswich Town. On tonight's live stream Q&A, we'll be discussing how things have progressed since then. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is a live stream Q&A going out live on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So we want to hear from you joining us tonight to chat through the progress. Progress, the key word, Joe, his word in the, the Sunday stroll. Oh, he's already been distracted. What's going on? Drama. Wait, Drama. Sorry, monitors. Did you bring him in? What's going on? Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's get this is if you wanted confirmation yeah, live. So, yeah, no, sorry. There is, is the um, confirmation. Joe Fairs, what's going on? Talk to um, us. My wife's about to go out, so I've got the monitors for the kids because they have tonight is dragged on. So hopefully I will be without distraction. But we'll see. We'll keep fingers crossed. Well, there's some I if can you want mute some myself jeopardy. and send some messages to them. Yeah. Jeopardy, there you go. Well, as I said, we want to hear from you. Evening to, to Lee, who's with us. Evening to Charlie, who's with us. Simon Branch, yo, 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 getting into the festive spirit. Um, Jim, good to have you with us as well. Um, yeah, so I think the, the main kind of area of topic of conversation um, we've got tonight is Kieran McKinnon's first 50 in charge. It's coming up to a year, as we said, off the top of the show on the 16th. Um, up, up and away in my beautiful, my beautiful balloon. Evening, man. There you go, Eric. Very whimsical. Yeah, Joe, give us your kind of your summary of of a year under McKenna or almost a year under McKenna. Yeah, well, while um, while it's not been 12 months since he was appointed, it is 12 months. This time, 12 months ago, we were playing Charlton at the Valley in a game where we lost 2-0 and it was Whoa. two and it could have been. And it was a Christian Walton masterclass to lose 2-0. The game finished with Toto Enciali coming across to confront the fans who'd been giving him and the rest of the team dogs abuse. Christian Walton tried to step in and take Enciala away and a fan came on and pushed Walton out the way. So I think, I think it's sometimes forgotten where we've where we were when Kieran McKenna was appointed. That that Charlton game was followed up by an embarrassing defeat on ITV four to Barrow, where again we looked poor. So we were at a really, really low ebb. And, well, now look at us. We're second in the league. We're going along at 
2.1 points per game. We are, the, uh, for me, the best team in the league. We might not win the league. We might not even come second. But I think when you look at the stats, a- anything you can count, we are the best team in the league with possession, with the ball, creating chances, preventing chances. There, like I say, we, we have come on a huge, huge amount in the last year and it's down to Kieran McKenna. Yeah, and as Charlie D. D agrees, a year ago we were in a dark place. Get your thoughts in on um, Kieran McKenna. We kind of want to hear your the, the highlights and um, certainly the bits where you've been disappointed. I guess the, the, I guess my my reaction to Kieran McKenna's first year is we always focus and fixate on the disappointments because they are so few and far between, aren't they? You know, Fleetwood disappointing to draw, be it, you know, mitigating circumstances. But whenever there's kind of a big, you know, the Oxford draw is one that probably sticks out for me is, is kind of the, the disappointment of that era to not see that game out and to win that and keep the playoff bit alive. But there, there haven't been too many lowlights, have there? It's, it's generally been positivity and, and progress and forward momentum, isn't it? Yeah, and last year, again, that Oxford that you just mentioned, that was a sort of hammer blow and it felt like that is the end of the season. That is it. We're not going to make the playoffs from here. And it turned out that had we won every game from that point on, we still wouldn't have made the playoffs. So the what the, the job he had to do last year was a literally impossible job for him when he came in to, to get that team into the playoffs from where he was. It was you, you needed to win. Mathematically, you mean? Mathematically. It, was, yeah. it wasn't quite impossible mathematically, but it was as good as impossible in that you'd have needed to pick up two and a half points per game for 25 games for a side whose confidence was on the floor. But he came in and made a sort of made an instant change. And like I said, it's just when you look at the, when you look at the stats, how many defeats we've had in these, especially in the league, because obviously we've lost to Cambridge, we've lost to Portsmouth, we've lost to Colchester in cups this year. But when you actually look at the league games, how many games have we lost under McKenna? Four? Yeah, five? Not much. Yeah. I mean, the overall the year, match. We've barely lost. The, the match record for the 50 played, which I assume is all comps, is 127, drawn 14 and lost nine. And like I say, you can instantly, I can instantly think of three cup defeats in that as well. So yeah. that's, that's six, six so, defeats. Yeah, so Eric's point here, did you see the Sunday stroll, the great feature the club are putting out with McKenna? And, you know, we put out an image earlier with the word progress on it, and I said the word progression too. That was McKenna's kind of one word to sum up so far we want your one word or one emoji as well in the chat so please um do get involved we want to hear from you tonight we're here um as long as you guys keep us to give us the questions and the ammunition we'll, we'll stick around so that's that's mckenna's one word i guess it sums him up as a kind of as a coach and a, and a man and, a, and a, a manager isn't it that he's not too arrogant to say with a finished article he knows that we can always improve but he it is steady progression isn't it he's, he's right yeah, and it's not just progress as well, it's process as well. He's he's got his he's got his processes. He wants to he knows what he wants to do. And I, I know it's all the cliches, don't get too high with the highs, too lows with the lows. And as Eric was talking about the Sunday stroll there, he he does talk in that about how he he knows at the end of every game he's given everything he can to do. He can sleep easy with his sort of head on the pillow. He doesn't he he doesn't lay awake wondering what, what else he could have done. And that shows the sort of contentment and just the professionalism of the man that he can do everything he is doing everything that he can do to move this football club forward and he's doing that and like I said we've been spoiled for content in the last week haven't we the 45 minute interview with David Prutton on Liga 72 which we were able to have a sneak preview of or you were able to have a sneak preview of and post some bits there the 
the Sunday stroll, the um, the sort of quick fire questions afterwards as well. And he just he just strikes as a man who is very comfortable in the area, very settled in the area. Considering he's been here less than a year, and his family, it sounds like they moved down into the summer. And he's just very comfortable in his own skin, isn't he? And he, is, he, yeah. he when you hear him talk, there's no bs there's no trying to hide from hide things it's just this is what i think yeah i'm, I'm going to tell you what i think but i'm not going to i'm not going to worry about giving away an advantage and when you look at the last few managers we've had here be it paul cook paul hurst we never really got to know paul lambert mick mccarthy paul jewell it was all very much football men you fans possibly couldn't understand what what we mean you you don't know and i think we've always sort of been a podcast that has tried to analyze that has tried to be probably the thinking man the thinking ipswich town fans podcast with regards to sort of deep dives analysis and looking at things rather than just instant reactions over the top one way or another sort of getting too high getting too low i think we've always been that side so it feels like a a manager that we've all been crying out for the yeah. the, the style of what we want to see from a football club and a football manager is what Kieran McKenna has given us. And not just that, he's given us excellent results as well, which is obviously the main the main thing. Yeah, the emotional intelligence, the thoughtfulness. We've talked about the post-match interviews as well on on the pod loads of times. Yeah, um, we're big fans, as you can tell. And as all you know, all of us have got a bit of man love for Kieran McKenna. Um, Charlie D here, 50 games in, K-Mac. Looks a bit greyer. We look so much better. Um, yeah, you you get the sense that you know that he's putting everything into it, as you say, Joe. You know, there's no stone left unturned. We also need to pay credit. It's, it's not just McKenna. Obviously, he's the focal point here, but his backroom team, Martin Perk, particularly, um, a lot of guys have been brought in um, alongside the the appointments that Mark Ashton made in, in the summer as well. And it's it's a it's a kind of team effort there as well. There's a lot of analytics work, isn't there, that, that goes on. And yeah, it's it's a Martin Pert feels like an un, and maybe an unsung hero, do you think? Yeah, and, and Lee Grant and Rene Gilmartin yep, and, yep. and the rest of the, the rest of the team behind there. And so I I haven't spoken to loads of people about it, but anyone I have spoken to just tells you how great he is to work for as the boss that the analysts, when they spot something in training sessions, that it isn't a case of, oh, Gaffer, I've just spotted this. This player's not doing this correctly. What do you want? It's, well, you, you know you know what I want the players to do. If you've spotted something, you arrange a meeting with the player, you go through it with the player. You, you, and it's and it's that empowerment, that sort of real modern culture. Even when you heard in the David Pratton interview with regards to what do the players call you, Gaffer, Kieran, it's like, well, they call me what they want to call me, whatever <laughs> it makes matter, them comfortable. Yeah. And it is that... Is that need from there? And I was speaking to a, I was speaking to a player of another club earlier today. Actually, I saw him at the gym, and he was saying that they've got a manager that's come in recently. That it's very much a new style of manager, that sort of positive reinforcement on everything, and and it's it's not, and it's there's you can't get away with this just screaming at people now and shouting at people. Yeah, young young, play, young players just don't take that anymore, and obviously there has to be a balance because ultimately there is three points at stake livelihoods at stake and it's got to go from there but you're not going to get you're not going to get people out of this new generation of players by just screaming and shouting at them and sort of demoralizing them it's it's about positive reinforcement and that is well like i say he knows i'm sure he reads every management book going and has been in these environments and like i say jason's point there being run like a professional football club at last and we had that off the pitch and now we've got that on the pitch as well 
Yeah. Let's go through some of the comments. Please keep your thoughts coming in. We want your kind of your, the highlights, the, the areas of improvement, I guess we would call them rather than than disappointment. Your single words to describe the, the year and um that we've had under McKenna as well. Um even to Norman, um Fleetwood, Portsmouth have been oh well, Portsmouth, well, both of them neither a defeat, are they, Norman? Um should we be concerned by the dip? I, I, we've kind of talked about that a little bit, haven't we? But I don't think I, you have to worry about Portsmouth because we we knew Portsmouth we in the league the game sorry the, in the, the pizza cups apologies yeah and because because when there was an, when there was, there was an injury early on in that game Zander Zizeva comes on if that was a league game that doesn't happen Wes Burns comes on at that time there so we we took you got to take that game for what it was yeah we were we were second best in the second half at Fleetwood there's no, there's no denying that but it it took a lucky deflected shot in the last minute for them to get the point that they their performance deserved so when you're not playing well and you're you're still limiting the opposition to nothing on your goal, then you sort of have to think, well, is that a negative or a positive? Yeah, it's a negative, you're not played well, but it's a positive that even when you're not played well, you haven't conceded chances and been mm. hammered. Like I say, I've looked I've I've got McKenna's whole record now in League One. It's forty three games, twenty three wins, fourteen draws, six defeats, sixty eight goals scored, thirty two goals conceded. Wow. 83 points with a points per game of 1.93. So wow. you're effectively, it's a, well, it's almost a 90-point season, isn't it, for for the in three games when he's had the full 46 in charge. Yeah. Um, yeah, statistically, it bodes really well, doesn't it? Um, to Lewis, the transformation under McKenna has been incredible. Just a shame we haven't had the rub of the green. Yeah, your thoughts on that, Joe? We have had these marginal moments. We were debating them on the flagship, as you alluded to on Fleetwood. Is there a sense that we're... I mean, we, we, this, we're fun debate we've had in the Telegram group as well. This kind of Ipswich, itis along come Ipswich. Why always Ipswich? These things happen, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, and... Well, we... I, I say, I think he mentioned it after the game when you're talking about refereeing decisions this year. I, I can't yeah. think of I can't think of many we've been on the right side of, and I know you do forget the ones you've Exit been on the right penalty side. Is probably the only one I can think about. Yeah, but even that, I, even that, when you look in the studio after the game, fifty fifty, wasn't it? Yeah. All all three in there said didn't think it was a penalty when you, when you watch it back there, and that was sort of an Exeter guy, an Ipswich guy, and the presenter. They all came down on it not being there. Where. I can't imagine if you had three people look at Marcus Harness's foul against Barnsley that they'd have given it. Even the Shrewsbury game, I know we won in the end, but Kane Vincent Young. That yeah, should be a red minute. that should be a red card in ten minutes after after sorry, a red card in ten men after about three minutes of that game in the penalty and we get nothing but we go on to win. There's been there's, we've had some horrid decisions against us and I thought I'd say I was a bit divided over the Caden Jackson penalty on Friday night. I, I wasn't quite sure it was one, but when you look back again, he, he he doesn't really make much of an attempt to get the ball from that angle, does he? And we we don't seem to get any. And when you when you look at because there was always this oh why did Man United always get so many penalties at Old Trafford? It's like because they spend two thirds of the game in the opposition's box right there. But when you look at the stats, the amount of touches we have in the opposition box, it's incredible, really. And to have only had two penalties, which we got in one game, which was the week after Kieran McKenna had come out and said what do we need to do to get a penalty? And then the next week you get two and then you haven't had any more since then. It's it's crazy because we spend, like I say, we spend a whole game in the opposition's box. We have so many touches in there. Some, some well, like I say, I'm, if it evens itself out over the second half of the season, we're going to be, we're going to be pushing a hundred points. Yeah. Look out for that, Lewis. Let's hope for an improvement second half of the season. I shudder to put this one up. 
because I remember what we were talking about a year or so ago, but Charlie D, quite fairly, we do need to thank Paul Cook a little bit for bringing in some of our now key players. I mean, you look at Walton Morsey, we talked about those a lot on this podcast. There is something to be said for the recruitment. I, the extent to which Paul Cook was was the lead for that and Mark Ashton was, you know, there was always a bit of a confusion as to that, but we have to give credit to Paul Cook's recruitment to an extent, don't we? I know that, as you said, the squad didn't have confidence and tactically probably wasn't where it should have been. But we, yeah, we do have a bit to thank Paul Cook for, don't we? Yeah, well, like I said, we've got some good players, but my my point last season is it was that when you're a League One club spending the sort of money we were spending last year, beating championship clubs to players, you are going to sign very good players because we were, we were outspending teams in the division above us. So, yeah, we got in players that Paul Cook rated and they some of them have turned out to be really good players. But if we'd have had a different manager in with that budget, I'm sure they'd have equally signed good players because we were signing we were signing players on more money than sort of like I say we nearly beat Luton to their their captain and they were a side that had finished in the finished in the playoffs that season. We we basically offered him more money and he was going to come here, Sonny Bradley, wasn't he? And didn't. But I say everything that's happened has happened for a reason and now we're in a very good place. And that includes Paul Cook coming in when he did includes Marcus Evans selling when he did. It includes Paul Cook failing badly when he did. It include, and that means we've now got Kieran McKenna because Kieran McKenna wouldn't have been available when Paul Lambert was sacked. Paul mm. Cook, Kieran McKenna might not have been available if Paul Cook had done a better job because he wouldn't have needed to do a much a much better job to to carry it on from there. But I say we are where we are. And we're in, we're in a really good place, and I say I don't. Think it sort of needs thanking all the previous managers because ultimately Cook, yeah. Lambert, Hurst, they, oh, they want they've, 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 they've all done they've all done a poor job, haven't they? With True. with what they've had, they all so failed, yeah. they've all they've all failed, and yeah. I think they've all failed badly. Well, Hurst failed really badly, Lambert failed badly, and Cook failed badly with what he had. He just maybe had a shorter time to fail in, but. I say yep. it's, it's chalk and cheese. It's night and day, isn't it? From what we were watching under, well, true. What we're now watching yeah. under McKenna. Spot on. I, I did my best for you, Charlie. I did my best. Um, Jim um, seems like a lifetime ago, and that's to McKenna's credit. Long may it continue. He's a top man. Um, Charlie, back with one word: enjoyment. Um, good day to Michael. What Jubal? Um, Jules, evening to you. Easiest manager to listen to. So precise in everything he wants. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a big factor, isn't it, from the players' perspective, which may or may not have been there before. Is that clarity of insight? The 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 plan the 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 I, I guess there's a lot of individual man management that's going on there as well you get a sense that that's a big part of McKenna's strategy as well isn't it the the 45 minutes with Sky was really good wasn't it on that on his approach and you know trying different strategies to engage the players and they all talk about how engaging and how you know short and sharp but intense those sessions are it's a big factor isn't it and it's, it's really interesting it seems like Cameron Burgess is the player that seems to have well, he's he's a player that's been commented on most about this about excelling from from Sonny Aluko and or Shawnee Aluko and from McKenna in in post match talks where they're talking about how he's very good in the meeting rooms. He's very, I, I don't know, I don't really know what goes on in them, but he's obviously a good analyst and an an analyzer of the game. He's someone can, who can read the game, who can see what he should be doing, and all the hard work he's been putting in on the pit. Sorry, all the hard work. Burgess has been putting in off the pitch has translated to how he's been playing on the pitch because he's he's sort of come and I think at the start of the season I think everyone would have said Luke Wolfenden and George Edmondson will be the centre-backs for the season but now I don't think that Cameron Burgess would like I say he'd be very very harshly dropped if he's to be dropped at any point soon because 
he's obviously he's he's like I say he's putting the work in and he's improving massively as a player. This is a player that we signed sort of from Accrington who playing a really simple system there. I know he's had a good upbringing in the Fulham Academy and played in midfield and had done well from there. But he was really was a lower league defender, a League Two, League One defender, and now he's really sort of starting to excel from there and looking he's improving the ball, some lovely balls down the touchline to Leif Davis in sort of in the in the last game on Friday, just really nice weight of pass and moving down there and it gives us that lovely right foot, left foot balance, doesn't it, as well. So mm. there, there's a there's a lot of um there, Jules has just mentioned Luke Luke Wolfenden. Like I said, we talk about the Charlton game and that was Toto Entiala playing and I think Luke Wolfenden didn't play that one, but he played the next game under John McGreal and Kieran Dyer, didn't he? And it's it's a player that's just gone from strength to strength under him, isn't there? Sam Morsey's another one. I know he'd previously been a good player, but him and Lee Evans seem to be playing the wrong roles in midfield. And he's he's come in and he's just coached our players and improved our players. And we've been so used to managers wanting to sign players. Oh, we, we need more bodies. We need this. We need that. And it's like, well, no, actually, sometimes you just got to work with what you got and mm. get the best out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Agree with that, and a lot of the uh, when the players talk about that too, you know it's right, don't you? Um, Lee, um, you just have to look at the attendances to see what the fans think in general. Yeah, they vote with their feet, don't they? Or they vote with their their bums, I guess. No, that's the wrong way. To, uh, moving on, um, Michael's talking about sunny, steamy Brisbane, thirty-five and thunderstorms. Blimey, Michael, read the room. Two degrees, I think, is is the best we can hope for this week. I hope, I hope you didn't get too wet in those thunderstorms, Michael. Oh, first world problems. <laughs> A lot of love for that chat um, in the uh, in the live discussion there. Um, K is flim flam. Um, McKenna in one word considered. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that one. Um, Louis back. Lewis or Louis, confirm for us. I want to get it right. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind, McKenna is a future Premier League manager and. Joe, we've got to hope that's with us, isn't there, don't we? Yep. I'd say some, someone's going to want to take a chance on him soon, but we've got to make sure that we keep him happy in this environment. And the first thing we need to do and he needs to do is get out of this league. And the sooner the better, hopefully, this season and be in the Championship. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of clubs looking at him. Just that that background, that coaching background at Spurs and especially at Man United working under... I know, I know Michael Carrick's got the playing experience to go with it but ultimately Michael Carrick's walked into the Middlesbrough job which is a, a big job really in the championship isn't it and he, he's gone into that one just off the back of being part of the coaching staff at Old Trafford as well as the playing career but there's no reason why McKenna isn't going to be looked at by teams like that but we we're a very very attractive proposition at the moment Ipswich Town with the ownership group with the fan base with the the journey the club is heading on and there's not many teams I think that could poach him away from us that would realistically be in for someone like him. But the longer that goes on, the more the more likely a bigger, bigger team or a, a established Premier League team would come in for him, isn't there? Yeah, I, I, you get the sense that he feels like he's not achieved anything yet as well. We're obviously inferring that on his behalf. But yeah, promotion on his CV looks... Suddenly, very good, doesn't it? But but then he's in the championship, and you know, you know, if we excel in the championship, which I, other teams have done that, then who knows where we might be in mm. a few years' time? So. And it's not just the actual achievement; it's it's a style as well, isn't it? It's a style exactly of football right, we play. Yeah. We 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 play Premier League style football in that it's all passing, it's overloading, it's patterns of play, it's working chances, it's getting back to the byline, it's not sort of taking long shots which are sort of low value chances it's trying to work the ball into the best positions it's defending as a team keeping lots of clean sheets while also dominating the ball it's it's a, it's a style of football that a Brighton who are sort of very upwardly mobile Premier League club would play isn't it as opposed to 
a, a manager who's maybe got promoted out, out of this league and played done well in the championship, but someone maybe like a Chris Wilder, for example, who's got a brilliant record, but it's maybe more a, a style of football that isn't going to be attractive to a certain type of club. And the certain mm. types of clubs are the ones that, that we want to be, but we're still a long way off getting there. Yeah, limiting style. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, Michael, we have a group at the club that has more to give rather than, is that it? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you know, that's a culture that's set from above, you know, certainly game changer, Mark Ashton. It feels like that that spirit of trying to do more um, is, is there throughout. And as Jason, you mentioned before, Joe, you, um, Jason says here, we've been run like a professional football club at last. Um, we saw on the, um, sort of going back to the previous ownership, we saw like when... Cole Skuse left the football club and he did his, they did the big interviews, him and Chambers, didn't they? And he's talking about sort of some of the responsibilities he's taking on over the years. And it's almost like you're the sort of vice captain of the team, but you're also the player liaison officer and you're having to sort this out and having to sort this that out. And it's like, well, how has that responsibility fallen onto a player, a current player to do that? And it's because he's a good guy and would do it. But Oh, ultimately, that that needs to somebody's got to take proper responsibility for that, don't they? And and now, every every month, I get an email from the club or a tweet: current job vacancies, at Ipswich Town, and and it's not just match day stewards and catering staff; it's operations manager, assistant retail operations. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of staff, and there's a big infrastructure being put up because there was no infrastructure at all. Mm. It relied on the goodwill of a Simon Milton or an Alan Lee or a Luke Chambers or a Cole Scoose or whoever whoever's there to actually just pick up tasks that were actual jobs. And it relies on one person in the media team to do four people's jobs and things like that. Yep, agree with that. And dovetails really neat with Jules' point here. The new owners need a lot of credit investment all over Portman Road, bringing up to date first class pitches at the training ground, etc. Um, Lee's picked up on this point here. We're saying younger players are soft nowadays. I, I, I think it's possibly it's a generational thing, isn't it, Joe? You know, we this happens in in all walks of life, in all careers. People get older, and well, generations move on, don't they? You look at Generation Z, as they're called now, low attention spans, but are probably more open with their emotions and more willing to talk about mental health. And, you know, football moves very quickly because it's a very quick profession. In 20 years, your career is done. So we'd like to see the evolutions on those trends in football quicker than maybe the in other in other professions, aren't we? So it's not a case of them being soft, is it? It's more a case of evolving to the style and the way that people are motivated yeah. and inspired. Well, I don't think anyone anyone in football is soft because it's probably the most well, maybe it's not cutthroat, the most, isn't it? But it's an absolute cutthroat industry, and you're talking about kids who are like eight years old who are cut from academies, or they've they've been in there for eight years, and then all of a sudden you've you've brought in somebody else from another club, and he's played in that same position, and you're the goalie who's been a brilliant keeper, but there's a slightly better one who's just come in, and you're then released, and there's no there, and, and they've seen all their mates go through this, and it is it is a brutal industry from very young so there's no one is soft in the game but people aren't going to accept being shouted at sworn at mm. belittled in front of people and while people might listen to a sort of an under the cosh and find these things really funny like making academy kids put ky jelly in their face or, um, and things like that and, and dive dive down slides and dance and get off with mops and things like that, that they're making them do as their initiations fine, but that's, it's bullying. It's, it's, and it's, and it's not a, and they're doing it for their own gratification, not for the gratification of 
then and they'll claim, oh, it's just trying to help him, show him how tough it is. It's like, well, no, no, you are just you're just making them. I say you, you're just making people look stupid for your own gratification, and and that that doesn't wash anymore. People, 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 you can't do that in any workplace anymore. And and the the coaching style though needs to be, you know, I've I've found myself of late. I'm I'm big into TikTok right now, and you just scroll through stuff really quickly. You know, the social media generation, kids haven't got the attention span they have before. So McKenna's style of coaching that short sharp sessions that keep people engaged that, that has to be that way because. Sally, that's the way that our brains are tuned these days, isn't it? That, that, there's a factor in that, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Well, we all see. It. I sit there and I get distracted, and when I'm at work and doing it, I'm over here, Joe. I'm over here. Come on. Yeah, and and you and you've got you've got to keep people. You've got to keep people engaged, and and the job. And you can't just say, "Oh, well, I did a good session, but they weren't engaged because this it's their fault." It, it, every everything is your fault. There's no. If if you can't if you're a teacher and you can't engage your students, you're not a good teacher. Mm. You can't say, Well, I did this twenty years ago and it worked. Well, it doesn't work anymore and you've got to move for the times and and that's how it that's how it is now. And McKenna is clearly very, very good at this. He's very emotionally intelligent and is able to work with players from a Cameron Humphreys who's seems incredibly mature but is nineteen years old, to a Richard Keogh, who's probably the same age as him. And Richard Keogh has achieved what Kieran McKenna failed at effectively, becoming a professional footballer representing his country playing in major championships and stuff and he's got he's got to get the respect from somebody who went on when they when they were the same and sort of push it and um and he Keo went this way and McKenna went that way I know there was injuries and things involved but ultimately Keo lived McKenna's dream and now McKenna's got to come in and manage Richard Keo and he seems to be doing a great job of it he does yeah yeah all fair points, Joe. Um, yeah, Eric, I really enjoyed the playing style. So refreshing. Um, uh, Jason, I see the benefit of the pitch is when we get to the championship and higher where clubs actually invest in having good playing services to play on. Not sure that's the case in Division 1. I think the pitch investment helps us do more stuff, doesn't it? You know, it'd be great to have the under-21s playing there, ITFC women playing there maybe as well. So I think that's where it era needs to be. But I, I, yeah, see, we're a bit I, behind I the times on that front as well, aren't we? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. Obviously, I'm not... Uh, UEFA pro license coach or anything, what? but but Kieran McKenna does. Mark Ashton said when McKenna started, he wanted to have three pitches next to each other to run sessions on, three full size pitches next to each other to train twenty two players. It's pretty. I, I don't I don't know what they do across it, but that's obviously what they've got the big clubs and get a drone out. Yeah. Um, hey, welcome to you, Fleetwood. Did deserve a point, but how often have we not got what we deserved? Yeah. Well, that's. Um, we're happy to hear people's thoughts on that one. We've, we've chucked some in early at the start. Um, the only game I felt we got more than we deserved so far is probably away at Burton. Yeah, I yeah, think that's fair. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Because eh? um, we were lucky to get anything out of that game, weren't we? Yeah, agree. Um, Jason's bringing back the Sheffield Wednesday offside decision. Yeah, we've got oh, plenty of those ones. Burgess rugby tackled in front of the ref. There you go. Um, yeah. Let's um let's pause there and get your thoughts into the chat. We want your one word for to sum up the year that's been or the year that will be on the sixteenth. Um, your thoughts on highs and lows, and any thoughts ahead of the weekend as well. Um, we're happy to go anywhere as long as you guys ask the questions. We'll um, yeah, we'll answer them. We'll be back in a bit. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI center of excellence in Suffolk. 
Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more to follow. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Yeah, welcome back. Um, hey, we're talking about McKenna, um, outstanding communication skills. We've definitely talked about that and um, wax lyrical about his post-match interviews, haven't we? Um Norman, back with this question, Joe. McKenna seems to have improved most of our players. When was the last manager who did that? Burley? Question mark. I think, was, I chuck in I Mick think you McCarthy. could say Jim Jilton did maybe okay. before before the money came in, and yeah, and and Mick McCarthy did as well, didn't he? Really, when you look at when we were shipping we got, and, 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 and what we got out of them, yeah. what we got out of the players that we got, who in many cases were sort of limited players coming in just to fulfil roles, and also. Bringing, bringing players through, he did. But yeah, no, McKenna does seem to be able to improve everyone at the moment. Yep. Um, Gary, good evening to you. A good, calm head on the shoulders of McKenna, which helps his interviews are a joy to listen to. There's a lot of peeps out there who are jealous of our manager and management team. Um, and Michael uh, immediately comes in with a team like Fulham might go for K-Mac. Would Fulham be big enough, Joe? Well, I guess Premier League Fulham would be. Yeah, well, I said they're they're doing pretty well with Marco Silva at the moment, aren't they? So yeah, leave that. I, I think it's more clubs, sort of like a Southampton or a Brighton or a Brentford, those sort of teams which have sort of established themselves as forward-thinking clubs. But I don't know, like Brentford, I don't think it would be big enough to attract him from us because where's their ceiling? They're probably at it, aren't they? Where mm. we can go past that. Yep, agreed. Um, David, even to you, if we don't go up, oh, if we don't go up. Um, this uh, this season, who do you think um, McKenna and some of the players would leave? Wow, well, I don't, I don't, think, I don't that, think I don't but... think McKenna would, but I think that 
it's inevitable you'd have to lose some players. There's some players that are ready for the championship now, aren't they? So, yeah. Say, like, for example, Luke Wolfenden. Yeah. He, he, another season in League One, he's not going to learn anything. And for the good of his career, he'd have to go to go up there. And there might be players, someone like Christian Walton, who wants to go up there. Sam Moores, he's obviously good enough for there. But at 31, 32, would he be looking to go back to the championship for for what he is there or stay where he is? I, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Mm. Um a, a club philosophy, uh, the club philosophy is based on continued professional, continuous professional development. Yeah, it's a big culture shift, isn't it? But and that starts again with with McKenna, doesn't it? And and the way that he's gone about his coaching journey as well. Um, do recommend those interviews. By the way, we've mentioned the um, the League of Seventy Two one for Sky, which is excellent. Um, but if you dare yeah, do watch, as Eric mentioned, the Sunday Stroll, really interesting to get McKenna's insights on on his coaching journey, as we said, and and how he goes about things. Um, Jason, just um, things like the shop. Imagine our planet blue would have coped with the current demand in sales, et cetera, under Evans. Well, we wouldn't have had the quality of products, Joe, to be able to justify the demand, would we, for a start? No, did, was Ed Sheeran the sponsor before Marcus Evans? He was. Yeah, so th- so there was there was some demand there, wasn't there? So it, it was fine. But it again, it, it you sort of want to bring in somebody who's a professional in the area where it, it seems that in, in most areas of the club, somebody has been just been promoted to a level and everyone's just been moved up a level and some people cope with that like they can in any job and some people won't be able to like in any job. But like I say, if everyone in the chat, if everyone gets a promotion at their, at their current job, some, some of you, it's just going to be too high for you. And it did seem Ipswich, they just tried to get so much, so much out of so few people and everyone was willing and working hard, but they either didn't have the support or didn't have the sort of capabilities to do some of the jobs they were promoted into. Yeah, yeah, round pegs, round holes. But football clubs generally exploit the people they've got, particularly if they're good, don't they? So mm. it's good to see people being given some help, isn't it? Um, David, back at it is again, uh, super chat. Thank you so much, David. If you want to follow David's example, then if you're watching on YouTube, there is a tip button down the below, below or the super chat button. But we just appreciate uh, a thumbs up if you're watching. Thank you to those who have given Subscribe. us a thumbs up on Facebook. Um, we can see you, Justin, Steve, and Stephen. Thank you for that. But yeah, a, a like and a subscribe is all, all we ask. A five-star review if you're listening on your podcast app of choice. Moving us on, Joe, to a slightly different topic of conversation. John, um, good evening to you. You guys heard McAntony's remarks about the posh players and coaching staff on the Hard Truth podcast today. Pretty scathing. Get the feeling the reaction on Saturday could go either way. Have you heard it, Joe? I have heard it. He's, I think the podcast was recorded on Sunday, but released today. And he said that he would be saying everything he said on the podcast to people before it goes live. But basically just said that they've all, they're, they're not getting value for money out of the players they've got there. They said, obviously, they admit as a team, they're struggling the championship in League One. They're a side that's used to being winning games there and, and they're not getting that. Maybe the players are too comfortable. Maybe they don't need to be spending five well, I think he said something like 50 grand on away trips, on hotel rooms, buses, chefs, assistant chefs, that maybe they need to do what most other clubs in this division do and just travel up on a day and actually re- remember that they're League One footballers, not Championship footballers, and they need to get out of this league if they want to start getting the perks back. And they've been, they were outcoached by Barnsley, I think was the comment he said. And Barnsley were a team that came down from the Championship, sold six or seven of their best players, built a new team, and Two months later, they're beating Peterborough, who only sold Smodics. That was all. That was the only player they'd sold this year. So they've got a, a team of players who should know each other. 
And like I say, he was he was scathing about them. And then, but let's like say when you look at their form, I think they deserve it. And maybe you don't want to hear your chairman saying that, but McAnthony is an outspoken chairman, and he has done this, and he he'll praise players when there's praise due, and he'll criticise players when there's criticism due. And it's, it's like I say, it's hard to argue with his point that they are massively underperforming, especially yep. from home. Yep. Well, we'll talk more about that on Friday. So the pre-match show, pre-record this week, we'll go out Friday morning. Um, Seb and I looking ahead to Peterborough. And then the flagship show is back on Sunday evening, 8pm. Ben back in the host chair. I think he's got a night off from the World Cup. So um, Ben, Joe, I think you're back as well, aren't you? With I think so, Dave yeah. Chatting Peterborough. Um, that could be a high scoring one, couldn't it? Hopefully not. Hopefully, Hopefully it's just not. a low scoring victory. 1-0 Ipswich. We'll take it right now. Um what else have we got in the chat? Yeah, simple things. The way first day he wanted practice pitch move shows different. Show that he's different league. Um, are you wearing an interesting top, Joe? It's just favorite? the Minnesota Vikings yeah, versus yeah. Cleveland Browns top from. Oh, I remember the, it well. the Wembley games in 2017. Ah, okay. At Twickenham, actually, it was a Wembley That's game at Twickenham, a London game, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Um, Continuing a conversation about young players, Michael, is this why some of the top young English players are going to Germany and Spain at such a young age, presumably to get a more progressive way of coaching? I think some logic what, in that. Why, why that is, from a sort of youth point of view, is that English teams are very hard to break through at because the Premier League is effectively the world's league. The, the amount of money sloshing around in that league when sort of the teams from 1 to 20 in that league. So you're looking at teams in who are sort of relegation candidates in this league can go and sign players from Champions League teams like Freiburg in Germany, who I think qualified for the Europa League last year, maybe Champions League this year. Fulham can go and sign their best player because of how much money they have here. But German clubs have also realised that English academies are probably the best in the world at the moment with regards to sort of up to that age 18 of development and where the English academies fall down is sort of from that 18 to 21 because the under-21s league isn't massively competitive because it's a youth competition. They have loans which can be hit and miss dropping down into the lower leagues, Championship League 1, League 2. But in 18 to 21, part of your development is continual first-team football. You might not be ready for it and it might take you games to settle into settle into your team, but you, you can't get ready for it without experiencing it so the German clubs have realized that they can pick these players up cheaply because they're only the compensation fees are very small if you're going if you're going to a different country you're, you're talking a couple of hundred thousand as opposed to the tribunals here so a lot of a lot of players at Chelsea Arsenal they've seen they've seen Jaden Sancho go out there obviously Jude Bellingham's another example now but there's there's a lot more players than that out there Ethan Ampadu's I think has been in Germany has been in, <coughs> sorry is in Italy now been out there and these clubs see that these top young players just aren't going to get opportunities the top young players see that the opportunities exist out there and they're willing to sit on their last year of their contract and go out there and, tr- and try their luck out there because they're going to get more chances yep yeah it's interesting that one and and then i've created uh, all, uh, all kinds of crazy discussions in the chat about attention span robert quite rightly so now long podcast pushing it we won't we won't be going for the full hour tonight it's better we'll release this on yeah. tiktok there you go. I'll stick it in, yeah, one-minute chunks on TikTok, five-second chunks on, on Vine, RIP Vine. Um, a, do you think that's why we need short games? <laughs> Maybe so I always concede so many late goals, etc. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Um, I'm not, And I was trying not to generalise, Norman, but um, quite fair point correction there. Thank you, everyone. I, think it's more, I don't think it's more... I think it's more just 
people in 2022 as opposed to yeah, the generation. Agreed. Because I'm, I'm certainly not Generation Z, but my attention span is a lot less than it was agreed. when I was younger. Because Social media is the, uh, yeah, is the yeah. case, isn't it? Um, Michael, my thought, we need to shoot more from outside the box. Well, Joe said no to this because they're low quality chances from an XG perspective, aren't they? But deflected goals, keep us pushing the ball back for a tap-in rather than trying for the perfect goal most of the time. What says you that, Joe? Well, there was an interesting snippet that I saw in the paper the other day. And I don't know whether I sent it on the Telegram chat or on a different one. And it's talking about sort of Arsene Wenger and Pep Guardiola about how these long-range chances are low XG and the more forward-thinking managers are sort of coaching them out of their team. And now at the World Cup, over the last Sort of three World Cups, the average distance from where a shot is taken has just dropped lower and lower and lower because everyone real well, sort of all the coaches realise that shooting from long range isn't is a is a bad use of the ball when you're trying to keep the ball and shoot from long range. Very very rarely they they go in, and whilst you remember the ones that do go in, you often forget the ones that don't. And McKenna is very much in that school of thought where you want to work yeah. the ball into the best position to score a chance. And I sit there with my dad and all he talks about is, oh, we need to shoot more. We need someone who can shoot. And sometimes it does it does frustrate you because it does seem to open up for them. And there's always tried one more pass and one more pass. And certain players especially do it more than others in our team. But that, that's, how we, that's how we play. We want to get the ball. We want to work it to the byline. We want to do pullbacks. We want to try and score goals like that, which are high percentage chances. And it's trying to work work into those positions yeah and as we keep saying and it gets tweeted no doubt quite frequently as well trust trust the process trust the process um louis or louis uh, do you think we'll go for a get us over the line signing in january or more long-term oriented younger signings it's got to be the former isn't it joe i think there'd be a balance to be fair balance i, I think so how many how many signings do you think we'll make I it wouldn't surprise me make three or four over the over the window because injuries have ravaged us in the last couple of months, haven't they? And and Sonny sorry, Shawnee Aluko, Lee Evans, then they're not spring chickens, are they? And mm. when you're of an older age coming back from a long term injury, are you gonna just are you gonna suffer enough one soon? No one really knows, but you're probably more likely to than a younger player there. And we 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 need almost as sure a thing as we can get as a striker because We've got Freddie Ladapo. We didn't sign that second striker. We end up with Gasana had me. Therese John Jules is injured until it's going to be about March, isn't it? So we need a sure thing up there. Yep. Agree with that. Um, what else have we got in the chat? Um, yeah, a lot of um, thought on the, the weight of balls, which has been discussed at the last few World Cups as well, um, as a reason behind the shooting um, but need the practice, says Lee. Um, David W, one word, excited now and for the future. Yeah, bring that. Bring on the, yeah, positive progress, all that cool stuff, buzzwords. Um, someone further up said you should write a management book, Joe. How, somehow I manage by Joe Fairs. Um, Eric, I've never seen us beat posh, so fingers crossed for me Saturday. If you're going, Eric, oh, it's like Seb going the other week, rugby tackle him, stop him from going. No, um, hopefully the record changes. I'm not sure. I've seen too many games against Peterborough. Um, so, yeah. Um, I've seen us beat posh. We beat them at home in the championship, haven't we? Perfect. There you go. Um, Jules Rector, Office for Johnson, Clark Harris. I'm not sure he's he's in that mould, is he, for us anymore, Joe? Is he? I just, I just don't think he's the right sort of player. He's the sort of player that you'd want if you could get him on a six-month loan to the end of the season, but yeah. that's not going to happen. I don't think you'd want to be dropping a couple of million pounds on him because it's going to hamstring you so much when you go to the next level because is he a player that will... T- will t- take you up at that level. I, I don't think he is. I think we'd set our sights a fair bit higher than him if we were to go up. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Michael also continuing the chat on the transfer window, which no doubt will hot up in the next few weeks. Not long to the transfer window. Do you think they've already got the players in mind to bring? And I think McKenna and Ashton have already alluded to that as such, don't they? But a forward or forward thinking players. And then Flim Flam says definitely Michael Ashton has been sweating over the back computer dashboard thingy since the last window closed. I mean, that. Uh, as much as that's in jest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the targets were identified for this window weeks, months ago. You get the sense that that's the way we go go about things, though. Well, I think most teams identify their targets quite early before the windows open because you need to have your plan A, your plan B, and your plan C in place because there's so many moving parts in this, isn't it? It's not like you're going to a shop and buying and choosing what you want to buy. You've got to get someone in, and if you buy and if you can't sign the attacking midfielder you want. The striker you want may change because you may want someone that can cover both roles there because there. But if you sign this attacking midfielder, it might mean you just go someone an out and out striker that does that. So there's there's so many moving parts. But yeah, I'd I'd imagine we've been working on our targets probably since the second the the last window show. It's, you're always working on them, haven't they? What would be great is if we made deals first of January, don't we? I, that that would be that would show to me that we've been working hard, and I, and I can imagine that happening. So, but no, but yeah. no matter how hard you work, though, some players oh, might not be available to later in the window. So it's out of your control, isn't it? Whether yeah. a club, when and if a club accepts a bid, you always have to accept that there might be some further business that needs to be done before a player can be moved on, etc. So, yeah, well, um. We'll see how things land in January. Robert, us mature fans can keep our eyes on the BM ball for the duration. Well, the issue might be the host, Robert. You know, the host gets trigger happy and, you know, twitchy and needs to check his Twitter feed, maybe. Um, Jason, need another loan forward to replace JG? Think we're going to go back to a Premier League loan, Joe, maybe? I think it depends who's available, really. Dane Scarlett? I think he's a player that Kieran McKenna likes. I think he'd be a player that'd be very good in our system. And it doesn't seem like Portsmouth fans are particularly enamoured with him, even though he's looked really good when, when we've played him twice. But no, it's a player like that. Or I, I just think you're going to want someone who is more guaranteed to get your goals rather than mm. someone who's 18, 19. I think, I think you're going to be looking at, quite like I say, it's hard, to, it's hard to say who, but somebody who's scored goals in the Championship. Aaron Collins again. He's he's a funny profile of player, isn't he? Was he twenty five now? Is he and he's having a really good season for Bristol Rovers, but it's sort of in the sort of a fairly middling career leading up to that. But I, I just wonder whether you get a player from a height from a Premier League team who's a bit more established who wants to get a promotion on their CV, wants to score some goals in a good team, and wants to try and use that as some leverage in the next window to try and get a move. Or yeah, we shall see. Um, suggestions for Joe Fair's management books um, are also welcome. Fair's fair. A management tale. There you go. Very grand. Um, yeah, we dealt with strikers. I think what we might need to do is we'll tap up Oscar ITFC analytics like we did in the uh, summer window and get his targets, um, his yeah. recommendations. Because I saw Connor Wickham scored another goal at the weekend. There you go. He scored, what, nine is goals nine? this season now. Yeah. But, I, but again, I haven't seen him to know what sort of role he's playing, but a player of his quality who can stay fit, if if he can stay fit, that he's not a League One player, is he? And all oh, the he's... definite information started. Jules is deaf info man in the know. 
Connor yeah, Wickham in. See when his contract runs out of Forest Green. I might be able to find first it out. First January. Connor Wickham will be here, says Jules. Watch this space, lol. Um, Stephen, um, Scott Twine isn't getting a look in at Burnley. That's a weird one, isn't it? Has he been injured? Because he has not had a look in at all. I thought he might be injured, but I don't have the data in front of me. We can check that out. But if you want to, yeah, maybe we need to do a transfer window special maybe next week or the next couple of weeks before christmas and the january window opens and we can all speculate um i'm not particularly good at these kind of spotting transfer targets i've not booted up my fm23 um since i bought it according to my master database of football manager connor wickham's contract expires on january the third do we know who kabongo chishamanga is joe is he the guy that plays for chesterfield i think um I think he plays for oh. Paul Cook's Chesterfield. Paul Cook but there, so they, Chesterfield bought him for like 400,000 in the conference, wow. maybe before Cook came in, but he scored sort of a goal a game since then. If it's the guy I'm thinking of, which it might right. not be. Um, TWT linked us to the young Brighton striker. Is he good? Is that a, is that a link that's happened whilst, whilst we've been on air? Let me check. Oh uh, no, that has that has no. been that was on the Morgan Whitaker story that was on there. But Scott okay. Twine, according to transfer mark, has an unknown injury and he, he played go. twenty minutes in the first day of the season, hasn't played since in any competition, um, not even been on the bench. Lewis is after a box the box midfielder, creative ten and a pacey and powerful striker. I mean that's a good shopping list, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's sort of what we're going to be looking at is now. That there's yep. a definite need to get another central midfielder in there because Don Ball's out for the season and Kamara we don't really know what's going on with him yet, but it, that leaves us light just with Morsey, Evans and Humphreys. So that I'm sure we will be signing another central midfielder. I'm sure we'll be signing another striker. And then you think, is is the 10, is that somebody that, an, another player to play in that role with? Harness is back Chaplin. in hopefully January though, isn't it? So yeah. you don't want to flood that area. No, but I think, so you've got, you've got Harness and Chaplin as sort of the out and out 10s. You've got a Luco as more a, uh, sort of midfielder eight. in an eight in there, isn't he? An yeah. eight slash ten. And then you've got Jackson who's who's really just a wide player these days now, isn't he? He's just a so you could maybe do with one more in there. I think defensively we're pretty well sorted, aren't we? Yeah, thoughts on players maybe leaving. Charlie D has an inkling that Jackson may move on. Is any reason for him to because he seems to do what New McKenna contract. wants him to do and he gives you a yeah. he gives you an option. I think when you get into the championship, you're probably going to get less and less out of him. But for now, yeah, we'll see. Um, thank you, everyone who's made it this far. Your attention span has lasted. We appreciate you. Um, good numbers, as always. So thank you, everyone, for contributing to the chat on Kieran McKenna um, and Peter Bratt and Transfer Window. Thank you to Ben, who's joined the, the Thumbs Up Brigade on Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, as we mentioned before, do give us a thumbs up. Um, do subscribe as well thank you to ben who's subscribed we appreciate you we've got predictions of four three gonna be a belter says jewel ben's going for a two one um if you want to give us your predict predictions as we um before we say goodbye we can do that but as always um free match show will be out friday morning we'll give you all the the insights that we can um ahead of the the battle of east anglia not really is it um on saturday morning um or saturday lunchtime and then the flagship show will be back to talk all about it Sunday evening live. So do get involved in the chat then. Um, final thoughts from people in the chat, Joe. Could we go back for Selena? Oh. I, I, I don't know what the work permit situation is on that, to be honest. I'm, I'm not sure anyone knows. I don't think anyone knew what the situation was last summer until it was sort of released that we were the only team he could sign for. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have him back. I think yep. he'd be a great addition to what we've got. 
Um, Michael's just after goals. So any position, as long as he scores goals, two goals per game. Yeah, no, set the. Yeah, and set the if there's anyone available who can do that, Erling Haaland or. Well, there you go. Norman suggested Bellingham, Foden, or Haaland. There you go. Just so, one of the three. I'm not greedy. Not greedy. Not greedy. Um, Alpha Lion says Jason. Yeah, not really kicked on and uh, done this. Uh, been as influential as he was for Bolton last season, but yeah, definitely a player who knows how to score at Portman Road at least. So that could be interesting, couldn't it? Um, Eric's going for a two-one. Um, Jules is correcting us on the work permit situation there. So it looks like because he went to Turkey, he hasn't got a work permit to come back now. But, but we don't we, we don't know that though, do we? Because okay. well, we'll see. It's, move on, guys. Move on. Move on. Another. There are plenty more fish in the sea. Um, and Burst and Celine featured in our Blue Monday Advent calendar, Joe, didn't he? Yes, he did. Do you want to talk us about that and mention all of your hard work on that? Yeah. So basically, when I when I had a look through it, it worked out there's I think there's exactly 25 countries that Ipswich players have represented while at the club, and that includes loan players as well as permanent players. And so far, we've had. Bartosz Bielkowski for Poland, Idris Elmazuni for Tunisia, Tommy Orr for Australia, Boncho Genchev today for Bulgaria. Um, uh, Shefki today. Oh, Shef- oh he Seven. was yesterday, Boncho Genchev, um, Shefki Kucci for Finland, and the aforementioned Bursant Salina for Kosovo. So they're the seven countries so far, another 18 to go, and we're yep. building up from the lowest amount of caps to the highest, so... I'm sure people could make some guesses at what they think would be the highest, but we haven't had any countries where we've had multiple representat- representatives yet, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be coming very soon. There you go. Keep your eyes Keep an eye on the Twitter, Insta. There you go. Yeah, first thing in the morning, or we'll retweet it in the afternoon as well. Here come the predictions. Robert's going for a 3-1. Lee's going for a 3-2. Jason, we'd need to score at least two goals. Um Gary's going for a 3 2. We've got a 3 0. Lots of threes in there. Um, David bringing us down to earth. One all. Yeah. Pragmatic. Um, Jim not predicting anything after saying we get a hat fill, hat full if we scored last week. Um, 3 2. Says Lisa. Two pens and an own goal. Specific. Um, Similar to the Portsmouth game. Anis Mametti from Wickham, says Jason. There you go. There. And uh, Flim Flam never fall in love with a lone player. Exactly right thank you eric appreciate that joe thank you for your time this evening appreciate your insights um and we will look forward to hearing you on the flagship show um everyone who's been involved in the chat thank you so much for joining us for your for your wednesday evening off from world cup action normal service i'm sure resumes tomorrow friday i forget um so thank you for being with us as we we said before thumbs up subscribes um the order of business for us. We appreciate you. Um, thank you, everyone who's got involved. And Joe, I'll let you say goodbye. Um, and then we'll play some music. Let's just hope for two wins on Saturday, 12.30 and 7pm. Be nice to get two victories from two of these guys who've previously represented England and Ipswich Town at World Cups. Fingers crossed. Cheers, Joe. Take care, everyone. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.